Welcome to the Financial Series, hosted by Corey D. Moody, an internationally known CPA, CVA for over 20 years, and a USA World Champion runner. The Financial Series focuses on Bible-based knowledge about our personal value and financial value from biblical days to present day. Speaking from years of experience in accounting, finance, and wealth management, here's your host, Corey D. Moody. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, it's been another great week. And um, I'm, I really look forward to these Wednesdays because it allows me to kind of check on myself to see where I am. And, and one of the things we've really been working on is really trying to understand what wealth is, the value system and what value and what God really has to say about it. And what I found in my 30-something years of experience is, you know, so much of this is mental. Um, we have mental barriers to, to, to break through. And so one of the things, you know, as we start walking and working into the new series and start having them work, our work papers and filling out forms, one of the things that's important is honesty with ourselves and what do we really think about wealth individually? I mean, what do we really think about wealth? And what are some of the indicators we use to measure our own progress or what's going on with wealth to kind of see where we are? And what outside influences, you know, impacts our decisions? And who do we listen to? And do we listen to them because of a, uh, of a status and not necessarily from a financial status, you know, like, you know, I'm a CPA, but not someone like that, but people outside of your professional issues. I mean, what really pays attention? What do you really pay attention to? And we have to be honest with ourselves to really move on. Because that honesty allows us to really get some concepts down and make decisions that we need to do in order to, to move forward. You know, you know, my life has been up and down. I mean, real low and real high. You know, it's been a roller coaster. You know, I, I, I probably have one of the largest spread, you know, from the, the lows to the highs. You know, we all have lows and highs. You know, they, they talk about, you know, people with certain habits, you know, they have to hit rock bottom. You know, in what areas have we hit rock bottom in our lives to get us to really kind of move forward? You know, what really motivates us? And, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk with over th you know, thousands of people and, and, and couples, you know, dealing with finances. And what I've come to learn that, I know more about their finances than anybody else in their life. And not even their pastor knows what I know about their finances. And when you really kind of dig into finances and you go through people's bank statements, you really get to really see what's going on. And I have people really open up to me and, you know, we've had a lot of crying sessions. And it's not so much crying about the money as it is the life, our lifestyle. What are we really going through? 
And, you know, that can be real tough. And there's some things in my life that I, you know, I wish never happened. And they, they did. And I had to learn how to press through. And sometimes pressing through can kind of be offensive to people. And, but we have to learn to, to press through. And, and what I kind of mean by that is, you know, we've been taught, we read, you know, to forgive and not hold grudges, don't worry about revenge. But I want to ask some honest questions and, you know, how well do we really forgive? I won't say forget. And can we really forgive ourselves? what we've gone through and do we kind of self-sabotage our own life even in the financial arena you know is that what we do to try to say well I knew it wouldn't work because I did this you know things happen you know in our lives all the time you know and it's just a matter of what do we go where we go for well if we believe God forgives us we have to truly believe that and we have to really act on that. And it can get tough to act on that depending on our surroundings. And I mean people who we hang around. And, and you know, I remember when, when I first got saved, it was like, you know, you might have to change your friends and, and you hang around new people. And, and that's true. But I also found it happens when we get saved and, we get into the church, you know, who do we listen to? Who has our ear to tell us the good, the bad, the ugly? And what do we do with that information? And one of the things we talked about earlier is the covenant. You know, God gives us a covenant. And that covenant is an individual contract, a covenant that each one of us has with God. And we cannot take that lightly. And, you know, three years ago is when I had my epiphany that, you know, life is going to be different. I knew it was going to be different. I didn't know, though. But that's when he told me, I'm getting ready to extend your contract. So, you know, in athletics, you know, even in entertainment and even in our job, you know, we sign employment contracts. I want to talk it from a sports perspective because, you know, I, I kind of understand that a little bit. And it seems like a, a, a easy way to kind of bring it together. You know, you know, athletes sign contracts, you know, and in the NFL, they're not guaranteed contracts. So sometimes you may hear people say, they sign a contract, they say, honor it. Well, in the NFL, it's a little different because it's not guaranteed. That owner can cut you tomorrow and don't owe you a dime. Well, in the other sports, the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball and Hockey and some of the other sports, they're guaranteed. So if they cut you, they still have to pay you. NFL is a little different. But in all of them, depending on your past character, they may put a morality clause in it. And when God came and saw me three years ago, 
He said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to extend your contract, but we're going to put some new terms in it. I'm going to upgrade your morality clause. And we have to understand that that is an important piece of the contract. But to get an extension, to get a raise, and you remember when Abram got his raise, you know, we have to do certain things. And my years of just talking with business owners and individuals from, you know, we can get stuck. And what makes us move forward? And one of the things I, I've come to learn and understand, you don't know what is in anybody else's covenant or contract. Now, we all got some standard morality clauses in our contract. But the dues is what propels you to get that raise. You know, I've talked earlier about, you know, do we focus on the don'ts, what we're not supposed to do, as opposed to what, we're, what we need to do? And that's where the increase come in. That's where, you know, God really moves because he gives us the strength to really move forward. And how does that look in our own life? You know, I'm negotiating or he's getting ready to get me my new contract and I'm looking forward to it. I got some stiffer um, clauses in my contract than I had before, but I also have some bigger incentives. And are we willing to, see, we accept the don'ts because we just think that's what we're supposed to do because we want to, you know, please God or, or we don't want to go to hell. You know, we, we, we're preventing ourselves from moving forward. You know, in football, you know, if the you know, team may be up, you know, they go to what they call a prevent defense. They just kind of pull back. And they, you know, ordinarily they wouldn't let you have certain plays, but they're going to give you five yards, six yards, and let you kind of come down the field. And it's been said, what that does is really prevent you from winning. And I'm saying that, do we focus on the don'ts more than what we're supposed to do? Because we can't get a raise or a reward if we're not doing anything. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if I don't do the don'ts, I'm going to get raises, and, I, and even though I'm not doing anything, I, I, I'm going to get blessed. But if we're honest with ourselves, do we really say the don'ts because we're afraid of going to hell? Is that really what drives us? Are we afraid to get out there and push, push the envelopes, make the mistakes? What I found in my years of just talking with thousands of people, those have been successful from a measurement perspective, monetarily, constantly are always going forward. And they live a good moral life also. Some better than others. But what I learned in my years is, I don't know what's in anybody else's covenant and we can't judge that they're doing God's work or not and I'm saying that not from us not to judge people 
as it is do we judge ourselves, even though we shouldn't judge people because you don't know. But I'm saying it how we hold ourselves back. And I'm just talking from the thousands of people that I've talked with. And when people talk to you about their money, they lay it on the line. I hear everything. So it's important that we understand what do we need to do to really get into a covenant contract with God. Have we just been focusing on what not to do? And we got to be honest. What are we afraid of? And one of the things we're going to get into is, you know, I just need more money. I need, you know, a bigger salary. Or I need, you know, I just need some help. You know, and I'm going to give you some, some nuggets to kind of think about. You know, because when we start going through stuff, you know, I want this stuff to be available. And so tonight... You know, it's going to be a couple of things that can probably save you a couple of hundred dollars a month. Two or three hundred. For some, it may be even more. Well, what's a couple of hundred dollars? For some, that's, that's all your utilities. Or a new car if you need a new car. And one of the areas you look in is, is your insurances. You know, we, we get insurance to protect ourselves if something bad happens, we have someone to kind of step in to, you know, take some of the heat, take some of the, 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 the financial burden off of us. And like when we get in a car accident, well, we want that insurance, you know, to pay to get our car fixed. But more than anything, to pay if, that other, if it's our fault, the other person from suing us and it could be a financial ruin. So insurances are important. But do we understand how to buy them? And one of the things I found out really about insurances, it's not so much what they cover as it is what they don't cover, the exclusions. I remember, you know, in construction, you know, when you're a general contractor, you may have 20, 30, 50, 60 contractors on one, on one of your projects. And when they turn their bids in and they say, I'm bidding the, the drywall and I have three people give me bids. Well, you got to be careful just looking at the lowest number and say, well, if I take the lowest number, I'm going to make the most money. Kind of what, kind of what we talked about when we talked about the businesses, are you automatically going to take the one with the highest revenue? Well, let's just take the lowest bid. And if you just went on the lowest bid, and you say, okay, now I got a good number. I'm getting ready to make some extra money on this one. But what you didn't read was the exclusions. Because all three of those bids may not be created equal. So you have to look at them a little differently. Some may say, well, hey, look, I don't have... The, the finishing, I, I'm going to hang the, the, the studs and the drywall, but I, I excluded the finish. You know, finishing the drywall, making it smooth. With your insurances, you know, what are the exclusions? So one of the things on your insurance, and, you know, this is where I wish it was really in, interactive. And this is why getting on the Zoom calls could be important. 
I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask everyone, what is your deductibles for your auto, homeowners, renters, health, all those things? And what I found out is most people like to take the lowest deductible. I want a $100 deductible because if something happens, I only have to come out with $100. If I take that $500 deductible, I might not be able to get my car fixed. If I take that $1,000, I may not be able to get my car fixed. Well, you have to ask yourself how many accidents you've been in. But here's the key to it. That premium on a $100 deductible is a lot more than that premium on a higher deductible. So on that premium on a $100 deductible, it may be $1,000 a year. But for that $1,000 deductible, it may be $700 a year. Well, guess what? In three and a half years, you didn't save your deductible. Now, as they say in Vegas, you, you're playing with house money. Now you're getting ahead of the game. But what do we do with that? money that we're, that we're saving now. Typically, we don't do anything with it but spend it. And I'm saying you put that money up. You self-insure yourself. But also, a lot of times, people are... So I know insurance people are probably like, oh, no, don't tell them that because I want the higher premium. Well, I'm getting ready to help you out, insurance people. Most people may not even have disability. There may be some other insurances that may they may need that they can afford now. The same thing with life insurance. How do you, you know, do you get a whole life policy? Because they tell you, hey, look, it's, it's an investment vehicle, but you only got a $10,000 premium. I mean, uh, face value. Well, if you're going to have a funeral, funerals are 15000 So the only thing you're doing is insuring, insuring the, the funeral home. Maybe your term policy works better. Now you can get $250,000 and save a, and still save $50. But now if something happens, guess what? You can leave something for your family to kind of make it a little easier on them. You know, they used to, you know, back in the day, they used to have what they call the burial insurance. They only sold it to people in certain demographics. They just sold you enough to maybe bury you, and it still wasn't enough. Now, we all probably gone through family members or we've been in family squabbles when someone died. You know, it amazes me on Facebook, people have GoFundMe when someone dies. I, 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 I understand everyone doesn't have money, but that doesn't mean we don't have to be prepared. That's what's important. We have to be prepared. So what can we do? So here's a few hundred dollars you can save just by looking at your insurance. How often do you eat out for lunch? You can save some money there. So my, you know, my, my, my daughters used to hate to go to McDonald's with me you know, when they were young. Because they all wanted their own Happy Meal. I like, wait a minute, girls. The Happy Meal, you don't get but six nuggets. Let's get the 20 piece. We got a couple left over. 
to get a couple of big fries and some drinks, we saving money and we got more food. So that's how, I, that's how I used to shop with my girls. And they can tell you. And when they go, went to go visit their grandmother, you know, they grandmother took them to the McDonald's and she said, all right, girls, get, get what you want. Well, we get the 20-piece. She said, why do you get that? Well, that's what dad gets us, makes us get. And mind you, of course, mom said, you know, girls, go, go, go and get your own Happy Meal. But I'm just making a point how we buy, how we shop. Your utilities. Do you have digital thermostats? Set them off or low or high when you go to work. Okay, so little things like that. So I like nice things. So I want you to have the money to get the nice things. Now, I know we've been talking a whole bunch of Old Testament and people have been saying, hey, you know, hey, I live under the New Testament. Okay, let me ask you a question. I looked at my family tree. I don't know how many people know their family tree. They, you know, maybe their grandmother, great, maybe great, great. You know, we may know some, you know. You know, on my, you know, paternal side, you know, my great-grandmother, you know, it was a Turner, Nat Turner. I'm proud of that heritage. I don't want that to go. So if we from the seed of Abraham, why would we let that go? Is the law really gone? I think Matthew, what, 5.17 said... He came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. Yeah, we don't have to sacrifice an animal anymore. But there are things we still have to do. Why wouldn't you not want to do some of those things? If those promises are still there, what's the fear of the law? Is it that stringent? Because we still count up the same don'ts. At least the people I've talked with. I'm talking not just from my own experience, but from the thousands of people I've talked to over my lifetime. So if he came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it, why do we want to run from it? And it, it, it amazes me that we run from stuff more than run to stuff. And let me give you some examples. You know, when we talk about what we can do and what we can't do, and, you know, when I'm talking with folks, it's always like, well, such and such, they, they became this great player or they became this great accountant. They, they, didn't have, they didn't do all that. They didn't have to do that. That how we look for things not to do. You don't know, but see, here's the part. It's kind of like the covenant. When I say, you don't know all what's in, in the contract. You can't judge it. So someone else didn't run five miles in the morning every day, and now they are a great you know, NBA player or football player or whatever. So you say, well, I don't have to run every day. Yeah, but maybe what you didn't know was they was riding a bike, they was in the gym, 
They had to walk to school. See, we like to take one or two little parts and always try to say what somebody else didn't have to do. And so now I don't have to do it. Next thing you know, you ain't doing nothing because you're looking for stuff not to do. So we talked about, you know, we're going to be looking at our, our budgets and salaries and how, how much money is left at the end of the day. How can, I, how can I really become wealthy? Well, here are some things. You know, I do M&A work, mergers and acquisitions. You say, I don't have a degree. I so what? Anybody can buy a business. Why do we always look to to try to get a job. And I have not, look, I got employees. I need employees. But we use that to stop us from moving forward. We got to stop finding excuses not to do stuff. Just because somebody else didn't do it and they made it or did it don't mean you can. And maybe I just always said, I ain't as good as most people, so I'm a, I know I always have to work hard. And that's probably the way I, that's been my whole life. I've always worked hard because I've, I've, I just feel like I got to do better. I got to be better than the next person. So I always put the work in. But we look for reasons not to have to put the work in. Or the studying or whatever. All I'm saying is wherever you are today doesn't mean it's over. Doesn't mean it's over. Now, one of the things, so I also want you to look at, you know, Psalms 9, 8 through 9. And we're going to really talk about the books in, in their entirely, in, entirely instead of verse you know, picking verses out because the context is very important. But one of the things in there is he rules in the righteous and judges with equity. And I, I remember always having the conversation, you know, about, you know, trying to treat people equally. You can't. And if you have kids, you don't treat your kids equally. And you may say you try. Why? They ain't, they ain't acting equally. Some perform, do more than the other. So they earn the exact same right. Well, maybe they do in your house and that's okay if that's what you live by. But God judges with equity. You earn what he gives you. Inheritance, same thing. Yeah, you may be the oldest, but if you ain't doing your job, it's going to skip you. And if I ain't doing my job, it's going to skip me because it skips generations sometimes. You know what? Just generation just didn't do it. So what we got to understand who we listen to. And we talked about, you know, Pharaoh is a position, not just that one person. You know, and reading more, you know, is it a Pharaoh spirit that they really don't want to set you free? 
And people who don't want you to be free come in all shapes and sizes and come in all different places. And places that we visit often. They may sound and it look like they want, want you to do good. But do they really want you to be free? And I'm not saying you to judge them on that. But what are you listening to to make your decisions about what you need to do? So you can go out and buy a business. Now, if you got to get a loan, it means you got to make sure your credit's good. So we can always make excuses why we can't do whatever. Yeah, we may not have parents that gave us, give us a million dollars or when, when, when we're not making payroll. Hey, Dad, I need, a, I, I need a hookup. I know we didn't have that in our family. So we had to grind. And I'm still grinding. But I'm getting off the grind. I'm 60. Remember, 60, God said, you ain't worth that much anymore. But I got that intellectual property I'm getting ready to work. So I, don't need, I, I should not be working so hard now. So we have to understand, we have to understand, have to understand that. And there was a gentleman, a younger man, he was in his early twenties. He came to me kind of looking for some work. And I asked him, you know, have you gone to college or a trade school or anything like that? He said, nah, he said, I had a scholarship, but I, I, I didn't go. And I was like, what happened? He said, well, you know, I grew up in the pro projects and, you know, I was living with my mama and my aunt and, they told me that I needed to stay there and help them work. And I needed to work to you know, kind of help out. I said, how much money was you making an hour? Uh, minimum wage. How much you was giving it most of it to them, right? Yeah. That's a good sign, ain't it? How about if you take your tail to school, get a degree, or go out and make some real money? And so sometimes people that are closest to us prevent us from moving forward. And I get in debates all the time, but, you know, they family, you do whatever. Well, you might want to read 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4. You know, that, I'm sorry, Matthew 10, 30 through 39. This is when Jesus said, I came to bring... Fathers and daughters against if they don't follow. Who's more important? I know it's hard. Mom, I, I got to go to school. Yep, they're going to throw the guilt trip on me because I hadn't heard it. Not from my parents, but in other conversations and friends. You don't love me. You need to stay here and help. We did all this for you. Got to get through it. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. But I believe I can do better. I can help more when, we, when I get out of here. And that's why, you know, a lot of times when people, you know, come into a lot of money, you know, they start giving a lot of their money away, not because they really want to, uh, 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 Deep down, because I've worked with some athletes and entertainers, that that was the biggest thing that had to get them to understand. Is that, man, you do more by doing better. 
And maybe I'm just missing it. Maybe I just miss it. But you got to ask yourself, what motivates you? How honestly can you say I make these decisions based upon what God's telling me to do? That's why we got to have this covenant. That's why, you know, we're going to work on this contract. We should be writing stuff down that you want in your contract. And what I'm finding out, you know, especially these last three years, you know, and especially talking about so much about mental health. This is mental as it gets. You know, they talk about sports, you know, it's 80% mental, it's 90% mental. This sport is that life is 90% mental. Because you got to break through barriers. So we got to understand that part. And 2 Corinthians talks about, you know, we to live in this world. That's 10, 3, 4. But the wars against strongholds. And if you remember early on, we talked about we got to bring strongholds. So for those who are New Testament people, I gave you Matthew. I'm giving you 2 Corinthians. So I'm, I'm giving you New Testament. You know, you know, you don't have to sacrifice a goat. So, you, you know, they used to sacrifice the goats, maybe push it over the mountain. And you know, that's why they say, man, don't make me the scapegoat. That's where scapegoat came from. The sacrifice. Oh, man, he the scapegoat. He the sacrifice. The problem is we say we don't live in the Old Testament, but we scapegoating ourselves. So if you want to let the Old Testament go, now if you want to let go of your history, your grandma and them and all them, you can. But this is what we really got to get through to move forward. And this is hard. And I, I, I'm saying this. Everyone go, all of us go through this. Even those who are doing well financially. That's why they say money can't make you happy. Because those strongholds are still there. So if you think having more money is going to make you happy, it may not if the strongholds are there. But you hear people say, you know, man, I enjoy it more because I earned it. And we've been talking about God gives us the tools to do that. But we got to perform. We got to do our part. We can't just worry about the don'ts and, and, and we out of it. It's important. This is the personal view. I'm telling you, know, my personal view. You know, I had to fight through moving forward. Because I ain't done some not good stuff in my life. And I can say, you know what? I need to just sit back and not do so well and push forward because people will think I'm not sorry. I, I, you know, I don't feel bad about it. That's why, you know, time out used to be, a, you know, 
was funny to me. When it, I, I didn't hear about time out probably up to my 30s and 40s. My kids were kind of, you know, five or six, seven, you know. I didn't do time out because what is it? I'm not saying to do it or not do it. The point I'm making is what is the punishment? Do we punish ourselves more than the world punishes us? Or are we allowing them to have that Pharaoh spirit over us, not let us go? And we just feel like, yeah, yeah, I was wrong. I've been wrong in a whole bunch of stuff in my life. But I got to keep moving. God did it. He gave people new covenants. He changed the covenant. They didn't always listen. You know, Moses was at the burning bush, you know, and he was making excuses. God keeps saying, I am who I am. You know, just tell, tell my aunt who I am. Well, what if they don't listen? How many times did Moses come up with excuses? Remember, he killed one of the Egyptians. Then his own people say, oh, you're going to kill us like you killed him? Oh, okay, yeah, I better. I'm sorry, yeah, let me just go sit in my corner and be quiet. And I'm telling you, I've seen it in my life and people's lives. This is what gets us. We're afraid to push through. But we'll be the first one to say, praise the Lord. I'm washed in the blood. And get right home and be depressed and messed up. And can't move forward because we worry about we offended someone and now we got to pay the penalty. And see, sin is bad. What does sin really give us? What does God really, why does God want to keep us from sin? I believe because we give up our time. When we're doing something we're not supposed to do. We're not doing something we're supposed to be doing. It's that time. It's time that we give up. So, you know, we do something bad or we going to, you know, get hit by a truck. And is that why all this stuff happened? Is that why, you know, I got cancer because I've been so bad? No, I got cancer because I didn't pay attention to what was going on. All the other stuff cost me a whole bunch of money. All that sin cost me some money, some time, relationships, and cost me a whole bunch. I can quantify it in dollars. It's seven digits. It ain't happening no more. I ain't paying that price. That's too, that's too big a price. Too big a price for me. But we got to get honest with ourselves. What are we willing to give up or go towards? I don't think it's so much about giving up who we are as opposed to doing more of who we are and what God called us to do. And that covenant that he talked about so much, and they talk about the covenant in the New Testament too. We're going to get there later on. 
covenants all throughout. But have we really ever made a covenant? Is it that we just carry our salvation? Remember, salvation is just the helmet. That's just only part of the armor. It's not all of it. So I'm just trying now to fulfill my covenant with God. And what I can tell you, these last three years, and especially this last year, has been the best year of my life. And I can say it hadn't been the best financial year. But it hasn't taken away from my quality of my life. The quality of my life is through the roof. So you can have your own measurement, your own indicators. Remember we talked about indicators, and we're going to get to some indicators. But what indicators are really most important to you? Is it the bank account? Is it your peace of mind when you come home, you're calm? For me, it's getting off that hamster wheel. I've been a red liner my whole life. And I'm trying to slow down. And it ain't easy. Has nothing to do with sin. It's my brain now. And things have just been kind of happening. Just take it easy. You ain't got to do nothing today. What I want you to do are these things today. Learn more about this. Do a little bit more of that. See, when you do those things, the don'ts don't happen. I'm saying this. Business people that sat in my office wouldn't have been in business, 90% of them, if they hadn't got fired, laid off or something. They didn't do it because they, they thought it was the right thing to do. I wouldn't be sitting here talking about this and talking about health on my other day if I ain't had cancer. I wouldn't feel this good about myself if I didn't have cancer. You can't tell me cancer is was, was bad. Can't tell me that. I'm not buying it. Because I know where I am now. Because I'm saying, God, here it is. I want that extension. I want a max contract. That's what they tell these athletes. You know, I, I've been watching you know, some ESPN you know, they said such and such just signed the max deal. That mean he got the max. Because he did everything he was supposed to do to earn that max. Now, if he would have done some stuff and said, hey, man, we don't know his character. He could be in trouble. I'm just saying. We have to get real with ourselves. We can't worry about. What others are thinking or saying because we're following God. We're, we're getting our covenant together. This is my contract that I'm writing. And God's getting ready. We're both getting ready to sign this covenant together. So if you want to sign that covenant, God will give it to you. It's not as bad as people may think it is. So, 
I'm going to get ready to get out of here because, you know, I know I have my life. Thank you for listening to the Financial Series, hosted by internationally known CPA, CVA, and USA champion runner, Corey D. Moody. Don't miss the Financial Series next week at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for life-changing insight about your personal value and financial value based on biblical principles. On behalf of Corey D. Moody, have a blessed and prosperous week.